Chapter Twelve of A Yankee Girl at Fort Sumter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Yankee Girl at Fort Sumter by Alice Turner Curtis. Chapter Twelve. Estralla helps. Sylvia, standing just inside the door of the small room, heard the outer door swing open. She heard Mr. Doane's sharp question, and then a familiar wail. "'Oh, it's Estralla!' she exclaimed, and ran back to the entry. "'It's Estralla! Oh, I'm so glad!' she said. "'Don't you be scared, Missy Sylvia,' said Estralla valiantly. "'Dis year man can't take you off and sell you.' "'All Estralla can think of is that somebody is going to be carried off and sold,' Sylvia said, turning to Mr. Doane, who stood by looking very serious." "'How did you know where your little mistress was?' he questioned gravely. For if this little darky knew of Sylvia's errand, he feared that she might tell others, and so Sylvia would have brought the message from the fort to little purpose. The letter, which was now in Mr. Doane's pocket, was to the Secretary of War in Washington, asking for permission for Major Anderson to take men to Fort Sumter, before the secessionists could occupy it. "'A father's missy,' explained Estralla. And when that man grabs her on King Street, I was going to chase right home and get Massa Fulton, but Missy talks brave at him, and he lets go of her. Oh, Missy, what you doin' of way off here? At this question Mr. Doane smiled, realizing that the little negro girl had no knowledge of the message which Sylvia had delivered. Well, Estralla, suppose Miss Sylvia came to try and help give you your freedom, he asked. And my mammy? demanded Estralla eagerly. "'Why, of course,' Mr. Doane replied, "'for anything that helps to convince South Carolina that she is wrong "'will help to free the slaves,' he added, turning to Sylvia. "'Now, Estralla, if you love Miss Sylvia, "'if you want to stay with your mammy, "'you must never tell of her visit here tonight, remember.' "'And Mr. Doane's voice was very stern. "'Estralla won't tell,' Sylvia declared confidently, "'and I am glad she came to go home with me.' "'Sure, I'll do just what Missy wants me to,' said the little darky. "'Try to let Mrs. Carleton know that I received the letter, and that I hope to reach Washington safely,' said Mr. Doane, as he bade Sylvia good-night. As the door closed behind them, Estralla clasped Sylvia's hand. "'What dat clock say?' she asked, for one of the city clocks was striking the hour. "'It's twelve o'clock,' answered Sylvia. "'Oh, my land, Missy! That's a terrible unlucky time for us to be out,' whispered Estralla. "'That's the time when witch folks comes a-dancin' and a-prancin' round and takes off chillin's.' Sylvia knew that all the negroes believed in witches and all sorts of impossible tales, so Estralla's words did not at all frighten her. But she did wish that she was safe in her own home. The streets were now dark and silent, and black shadows seemed to lurk at every corner, as hand in hand Estralla and Sylvia ran swiftly along. "'I tells you, Missy, that it's just lucky I comes after you, cause witch folks, what comes floatin' round about dis hour in the night, they ain't gwine to touch us.' "'Cause when dey's two folks holdin' each other's hands tight, just like we is, they don't dast to touch us,' said Estralla. "'Where were you, Estralla, when I came downstairs?' Sylvia asked. "'I was just a-takin' a little sleep on a big rug side of your door, Missy. "'I's been sleepin' there dis long time. My mammy lets me. "'And when you opens the door, I most calls out, but didn't. "'I just stands up quick so's you never know I was there.' And Estralla chuckled happily. Sylvia wondered to herself why Estralla should choose such a hard bed. Then suddenly she realized all Estralla's devotion, that the little negro girl had slept there to be near her friend. She remembered the first time that she had ever seen Estralla on the morning when she had tumbled into Sylvia's room and broken the big pitcher, 
and that even then Estralla had been ready to confess and take the whipping that she was sure would follow, rather than let Sylvia be blamed. She recalled Estralla's effort to rescue her at Fort Sumter, on the day Sylvia had run away from Miss Patton's school, and she remembered that it was Estralla who had told Miss Patton the real reason, and so saved her from further trouble. "'Estralla, you have been my true friend,' she declared, "'and I am going to remember it always. I am going to ask my mother to put a nice little bed for you in your mammy's cabin.' "'Don't you do that, Missy. I like sleepin' on the rug,' pleaded Estralla. "'Hush, we must creep in without making any noise,' responded Sylvia in a whisper, for they were now directly in front of Sylvia's home. Noiselessly, Estralla led the way. "'Oh, Missy, the door is shut fast,' she whispered, as she endeavored to push it open. "'But it can't be shut,' Sylvia answered. Both the little girls pushed against it, but the door stood fast. "'Oh, what will we do?' half-sobbed Sylvia, who was now very tired and almost too sleepy to think of anything. "'We can't get in the back door. My mammy, she'd wake up if a rabbit run twixt her cabin and the kitchen,' Estralla whispered back. "'I specs I'll have to climb up the window over the porch and comes down and let you in.' "'Oh, can you, Estralla?' Sylvia's voice was very near to tears. She had forgotten all about the importance of the message she had safely delivered. All she wanted now was to be inside the dear safe house where her mother and father were sleeping, not knowing that their little girl, cold and sleepy, was shut out. "'I specs I can,' Estralla answered. "'You just stay quiet, and in about four shakes of a lamb's tail I's going to open the door, and in you walks.' There was a little scrambling noise among the stout vines which ran up the pillars of the porch, as Estralla started to carry out her plan. A cat or a fluttering bird would have hardly made more commotion. Sylvia listened eagerly. Suppose the porch window was fastened, she thought fearfully. It seemed a very long time before the front door opened, and Estralla reached out and clutched at the brown cape. Noiselessly they crept up the stairs, Estralla leading the way. It was she who opened the door of Sylvia's room, and then, with a whispered, "'You's all right now, Missy,' closed it behind her. Sylvia hung up the brown cape in the closet and slipped off her dress. She was soon in bed and fast asleep, and it was late the next morning before she awoke so late that her father had breakfasted and gone to his warehouse. Estralla had been sent on an errand, and Mrs. Fulton decided that Sylvia should have a holiday. "'You seem tired, dear child,' she said a little anxiously, as Sylvia said that she did not want to go for a walk, that she had rather sit still. "'I guess I am tired,' acknowledged the little girl, and was quite content to sit by the window with a story-book, instead of giving Estralla a lesson. "'If it had not been for Estralla, I don't know what would have happened to me last night,' she thought." She wondered who had closed and fastened the door, but dared not ask. Grace and Flora were to come early that afternoon, as soon after school as possible, and Flora had sent Sylvia a note that she would bring her lace-work and give her a lesson. By noon Sylvia felt rested, and was looking eagerly forward to her friend's visit. She began to feel that she was a very fortunate little girl to have had a chance to do something that might help, as Mr. Doane had said, to give the black people their freedom. She only wished that she could tell her mother and father of the midnight journey. "'But I will ask Mrs. Carleton the next time I go to the fort to let me tell mother,' she resolved. End of chapter 12